Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Uh, well, we are still in our series in the Gospel of John. We're kind of bringing it to a close after a lot of times, uh, a lot of most of the year in the Gospel of John. Uh, but I want to mention this, and, and this is, uh, kiddos, you can listen to this too. If you're kind of, where the age where you're starting to read your, your Bible on your own, uh, one of the great ways to begin to understand a passage of Scripture is to ask this key question. What does this story reveal about the character of God? Uh, and that's good for kids, that's good for adults. If you read a passage of scripture and you're just like, what in the world is this about? Uh, just ask the question, what is God up to in this passage? And what does that teach me about who God is? And I believe that our scripture today reveals some really important things about God uh, that I think will be helpful to us. And so I want to read uh, John chapter 18, verses uh, 28 through the next chapter, 19, verse 3. Uh, it sounds like a huge passage, it's not that long. Uh, and then I would invite all who are able to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. And then when I'm done reading, I'm going to say, this is the word of God for the people of God, and everyone, including kiddos, say, thanks be to God. Uh, so here we go. This is uh, John chapter 18, beginning with verse 28. It says, then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. For by then it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have, him handed, we would not have handed him over to you. But Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death that he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Well, am I a Jew? Pilate replied, Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. So what is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, for if it were, my servants uh, would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth, for everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Well, what is truth, retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it, is, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. So do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back to him, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had also taken part in an uprising. Chapter 19, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, which means physically beaten. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and they put it on his head and they clothed him with a purple robe and he went up to him again and they, they said, hail to the king of the Jews and then they slapped him in the face. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. For my message this morning, I want to focus in on the first few verses of chapter 19 where Christ is given a crown of thorns. Uh, because this, uh, you remember in the Gospel of John, nothing is happening on accident. Every detail matters. And so the fact that we have included this, this detail of a crown of thorns uh, shows us something really important. And so, uh, kiddos, I want you to help me out. Uh, uh, who wears crowns besides customers at Burger King? Uh, 
Okay? Any, any, any kids? Kiddos, 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 help me out. Anybody who wears a crown? Princesses, Princesses do. And? And kings, that's right, good. The kiddos are playing shy, so I appreciate you adults stepping in there and helping me out. Now, I still need your help, though. Uh, what, is it, what does wearing a crown show? What does wearing a crown show? You're that you're a king, okay? And what about a king that the crown shows? Anybody? Royalty. That you're royalty? That shows your position as a king or a queen? It might show that you have power, right? That you're important? That you're important? That you rule, that you have an area of land that you're in charge of, right? And so uh, my daughter just said to me, you rule, right? So I'm taking that as a compliment. Um, (laughs) Right? So the crown uh, is placed on a king and it's meant to show power. It's meant to show that they are in charge. And what I want to talk about today is that when these men put a crown of thorns, right? Crowns aren't normally made of thorns. And so the fact that they fashioned a crown of thorns on Jesus meant that they were really doing it to be mean. And they were actually, but what the scripture is doing is it's showing us that even though they were doing it to be mean, it's telling us as the readers of the story that Jesus is in fact really a king. Now this could be hard for us, right? And and adults, this may sound like a kid's message. There's something in here for you too, I promise, right? So plug in and pay attention. Uh, what What we don't have, and this may sound unfamiliar to us because we don't have kings in the United States, so it might be hard for us to understand what a king is, but we do have presidents. And a king is a kind of president. And remember how the crown uh, that a king wears is a sign of power? Well, this, this passage of scripture is showing us the kind of power that Jesus has. But here's the thing, and I want us to key into this idea. All of the kings in Jesus' day demonstrated their power in basically the same way. So all the kings that were living in Jesus' day demonstrated their power in basically the same way, which was this. They would call upon their military to defeat your country through force. So any country that they wanted to have that land or they wanted to possess that land, then the way that they demonstrated power is that they would take their military and go in and defeat that country through force. And if you're in school uh, around third or fourth or even as early as first grade, you start learning about this, right? And so you've probably heard about this at school. Uh, Some of you, that was a little further back than others, if you know what I mean, right? Uh, So uh, go draw way back in your memory bank and remember that from the pharaohs of Egypt to the Caesars of Rome, uh, the leaders who were considered the best were the ones who had the most military victories. And we even see this, this evidence of this in the scriptures. As we read the Old Testament, we, we hear stories of kings who go in to, and take over a country and they're doing that by military force. And so for kings, power was often the same as military strength or the ability to beat you in a fight. Okay? And that's often what it meant way back when for you to be a king is you had lots of power. In fact, part of the reason that these soldiers put a crown of thorns on Jesus was to mock him or to make fun of him as a way of saying, we have power over you. Look, we are, they made them, it made him a, 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 what they intended to be a fake crown, a, a mean crown of thorns as a way of saying, look, we have power over you because we are the ones making fun of you. We're the ones that are, are perpetrating violence or, or kind of beating you up. And so we're the ones who have power over you. It was meant to make fun of him. 
and they thought that they were better than him. But what Jesus shows us, and this is really important, what Jesus shows us is that power isn't about having a strong military or being able to bully someone or making fun of them. That's not power at all, right? We sometimes think that that's power. If I can go to you and make fun of you because of the clothes that you wear or, or the money that you don't have and maybe my family does have, if I can make fun of you on all these kinds of things, it's easy for me to think that I have power over you. Now, adults... Uh, We don't really grow out of this very well. It just starts happening on a more societal scale, right? So it kind of happens in the schoolyard and we think it's childish and then it happens in culture and we realize we're kind of in the same mess, right? Uh, The the culture oftentimes is just a bigger picture of the schoolyard. And so sometimes we think that this is power over people, the ability to make fun of someone or bully them or make fun of them. But Jesus, and here's what Jesus shows us. Jesus shows us that real power is the ability to love and to forgive and to show mercy. Jesus shows us that real power is the ability to love those, particularly who aren't like us, particularly those who are different from us. In fact, what the, and, he, and he demonstrates this by dying on the cross. And so this story happens right before Jesus is going to the cross. They, they give him the crown of thorns. And what the apostle Paul will later say about this event is he say, you know what? The cross will look like utter foolishness to those who don't yet know Christ. But to those who do know Jesus, they will see that the cross reveals the very wisdom of God. The, that very wisdom being that power isn't the ability to stand over someone and rule them, but power is the ability to love those folks and serve people even when they are, are being cruel to us. That that's real power that changes the world. And it's really important for us to recognize this because Jesus is, in fact, a king. We see that from this passage. They crown him with the crown of thorns. And they will later, as he's hanging on the cross, put a sign over his head that's meant to be, uh, meant to be ironic, the king of the Jews. Uh, but rather, what it shows us is that, in fact, they thought they were killing just a, a, a revolutionary who wasn't going to do anything. But Jesus was, in fact, the king. But what we need to know and recognize and begin to practice as the people of God is that Jesus is a fundamentally different kind of king. He is set apart from all other kings or people of power because he uses his power 100% to serve others. Kiddos, in the insert that you got, one of the questions is, how can I use uh, my, how how can you go and serve others as a way of demonstrating love? And I want you to think about that here for the next few minutes. Think about how, what is one way that you can go and serve others? Adults, that's not a bad question for you either. Now, the second thing that a king's crown shows us is that uh, a king, and, and Autumn got this right, uh, is a ruler, and a ruler like, is in charge of a piece of land. And so a king rules over uh, a geographic area. It's called their kingdom. And so the second thing a king's crown shows us is that uh, the king would be in charge of the land. And there certainly is a king or a president of, of even our land. Uh, that there is a geographic area of which uh, there is a president, someone who is in charge of that geographic space. And what the Bible says is that we should pray for the kings or the presidents of our land. Regardless of what you might think about the president, the Bible is clear that we should be praying for those who are in positions of leadership over our land. And we should pray that they would lead like a shepherd who watches over the good of all people and who does a good job of leading the people under his or her care. 
And that's really important. But one of the things I want to point out this morning is that not only is there a king of the land, but there is also the king of our hearts. There's also the king of our hearts. Now the heart is an organ that pumps blood through our veins, right? But the heart is also a way of talking about the place where the, th- where the things that we love live, right? This is why the heart is all about, Valentine's Day is all about hearts because the heart is not just an organ that pumps blood through our body, but the heart is a way of speaking about the things that we love or where the things that we love lives. We might say it lives in our heart. Uh, this is why for many generations, the church has said, Put, ask Jesus into your heart, uh, which is a way of saying, make sure that you love Jesus. And so there is, uh, there is the king of the land, but there's also the king of our hearts. And here's the encouragement of scriptures. And, and we'll point this out uh, at the end of this passage, we'll, we'll recognize this. But the encouragement of scriptures is that the Jesus be the king of our hearts or the person or thing that we love the most. And so let me illustrate it in this way. I'm going to draw a picture of my heart. And it happens to look like this. It probably looks a lot like many of your hearts. There. There you go. (laughs) That's right. So here's my heart. I can draw a heart. I passed that grade. Um, But in my heart are lots of things that I love. I love my family. There's one of us that's taller than the rest. There's another. Stick people is all you're going to get, folks. So I hope you don't have higher expectations than that. With Amy's hair, she's a little bit taller than me. Big hair on Amy. Sorry about that. And then we got one little one who we call Little Bear. Okay? There's my family. They're in my heart. And I love them. There's lots of other things that I love. In fact, I love baseball. I love baseball. I haven't always... Baseball's... (laughs) This is not proportionate to the, how much I love. So, like, I don't love baseball more than my family. I'm just not that good of an artist, okay? So, like, Cole, I apologize. This is just gross when, with your level of skill. So, I love baseball. I should have had Cole draw these for me. Um, I love baseball. Uh, I love the World Series. Uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. Go Houston, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, go Astros. Uh, <laughs> that's right. I also, I also love to read. Um, it, it, like... Late at night when I can't sleep, I just go downstairs and I read uh, boring theological books uh, that I find just riveting. Uh, and so last night I was up till about midnight reading uh, this book. I love to read. Um, when, when people give me gift cards, I just say, ooh, new books, new books. You know, it's like, I, I, that's all I want to do is, is read. Uh, so I love to read. I love the church. And the church looks a lot like a house but it has a cross on it, so we know it's a church. I also love sweet tea. Ice cubes. Little little straw. Sweet tea, not a margarita. Come on. Uh, Let's see. I love love pizza. But but that's right. (laughs) But pizza isn't just pizza anymore after mod pizza. So I love mod pizza. Uh, these are all things that I love. I love disc golf. Yeah, we got we got some. Let's see, how am I going to do with disc golf? Let's see, cage this that. 
Some chains going down. There, hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> the standards are low, folks. The standards are low. I love, I love all these things. And I also, uh, I also and I, I hope so, uh, since I'm a pastor, which is like kind of a professional Christian, right? Um, that's what some of you think anyway. Um, since I'm a pastor, I also love Jesus. Right? So I have all of these things inside of my heart that I love. But here's the thing. In my heart, there is also a crown, And the crown in my heart indicates the thing that I love the most. And the call of scripture is to make sure that the crown is over Jesus. And that it's Jesus that we love the most. Because there's the king of the land. Thanks. There's the king of the land, but there's also the king of our hearts. And adults, listen to this. There's all sorts of love in our hearts that compete. And we might say that from time to time, the crown floats from one thing to the other. And the real point of discernment is to be able to just look at our lives and be introspective enough to say, God in Christ, are you the king of my heart? Because when, when Jesus is the king of our hearts, then guess what? That's going to start to reshape all of our, our priorities. And, and all of a sudden, all these things that we love are going to be starting uh, to, to be prioritized in light of our number one love of, of Jesus Christ. And, and we have some points of discernment. Are all the things that I love congruent with, uh, and that, I know that's a big word, kids, are, is, but all the things that I love, are they congruent with my love for God? Or are there some things that need to come into accountability for my love for God? Or here's the other thing. I might say that Jesus is, the, is, the, is wearing the crown of my heart, but do, do the way I spend my time and my money and all of these things, does it actually indicate that? In other words, are my priorities actually aligned to demonstrate and show that Jesus is, in fact, the king of my heart? And I think that's a really important question for all of us. And I want to remind us this morning that of all the things that live in our heart, including our love for God, that Jesus is to be wearing the crown to indicate that he is the king of our hearts. Because the reality is, all of these things are great. There's nothing wrong with baseball and disc golf and family and reading and mod pizza. Lord, there is nothing wrong with mod pizza, right? But, but, Making sure that Jesus wears the crown, that he is in charge. In fact, if you keep reading on in verse 15, verse 15 of chapter 19, it says, this is the chief priest, these are the religious leaders of the day. They say, we have no king but Caesar. Caesar was the king of the land. And, in, and so in, in admitting that, they were basically saying, we, we don't have any king except the king of the land. And in doing so, they realized, and they, they basically showed us that Jesus was not the king of their hearts. And so here's my encouragement to us this morning, church. 
Jesus is crowned with a crown of thorns as an act of mockery before he went to the cross. But it was his death that would make him the king. For in dying, he defeated sin and darkness forever. And here's the thing that I would encourage you to do. Uh, this week, and kids, this is included in your, in your uh, insert if you want to do this for the remainder of the service, if you want to do this sometime at home. And adults, I think this is good exercise for you too, to take this graphic seriously. It begin to say, what are the things that I love? And is Jesus really wearing the crown of my heart? I would encourage all of you to do that this week. Take an honest look. One of the things probably for adults that might be in here is our work. We, we might have a love-hate relationship with our work, right? But I wonder how many times work takes priority over all kinds of other things. And so it's about being discerning about my priorities and who is the king of my heart. Like my call and invitation to all of us is this, regardless of age, that we would recognize that Jesus is a different kind of king who builds his kingdom on love and thus he is worthy to be made king of our hearts. Amen? May it be true for each and every one of us in worship today. I want to say a word of prayer and then I'll lead us to the Lord's table for communion. Heavenly Father, today we are so thankful for your love poured out, for the grace that you demonstrate to us, and for the reality of your presence in this place. Our prayer, God, is that as we come to the table today, that we would experience your presence with us. And that we would sense your Holy Spirit working in our hearts, showing us, demonstrating for us, is there anything that's out of whack in our hearts? Is there any possibility, Lord, that you may not be the king of our hearts? And if so, Lord, would you show us what is wearing the crown and and show us then the steps to begin to make you the king of our hearts? For, Lord, you poured out your life for us. You began this kingdom of God that is fundamentally different than anything we've ever seen, than the world has ever seen. And so, God, we thank you, we praise you, and we respond in worship, and we respond by giving you our lives and giving you our hearts. Be with us today as we gather around the table, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.